yeah, Spence. I'm so stoked to be back here once again with that Ventura Forward podcast, where we're always searching for those tasty waves, hot tunes, fun in the sun, righteous food, and all the news across the 805. On this show, we're breaking down our good segments as our cool, unique, journalistic points of view are rolling through the holidays. Spence, how you feeling? Feeling good rolling through the holidays, uh, getting a lot done, and it is Christmas time, so that's hectic for radio people. And uh, we move onward and upward. Shop local, please. What's on your Christmas list this year? I'm curious. For me, um, razor blades, white socks. <laughs> I'm also looking for a toothpaste and uh, shaving like- cream. Um, a daddy, I call it the daddy kit, and these fancy 2.5 glasses that I need for readers. That's I- all I want. I have, I've got everything. I'm full. I've got that too. My cotton briefs, little uh, socks. If I'm going the gold, you wears briefs. The gold toe, the gold toe socks, and I do maybe need a new electric scooter. So you se- haven't seen me. Oh, scoot- that's huge. That's huge. If you haven't seen me scootering around town the last few months, it's because the other one broke down. The bird done died. Bird done took a digger. Mm. So you know, I want to get back out there. It's the holiday season. A big win last night for Cabrillo Middle School's basketball team as your head coach right here, Spence, pulled out a one-point victory as they made a buzzer beezer, but the referees called it off, said they didn't get the shot up in time. Oh boy, was there video? There was not video, and that was kind of the cool part. And I do have to discipline my kids tonight because they were talking to the stands. There were cheerleaders there. We went over to our, uh, we was at R.J. Frank Middle School in Oxnard, but we beat Soria. They were supposedly champions of the past. We hadn't won there in over five years. Go Cabrillo Mariners. Oop, there we go. Okay, so big win. Good for you. Yeah. Congratulations to the team. Yeah, thank you. Very excited out there. So everyone to be involved in youth sports. We're going kind of going from football and soccer into these newer sports this year with basketball and some other winter things coming up. So shout out to all the volunteers doing that throughout Ventura Forward. We love our listeners. We love our sponsors. We're always shouting out Ray's Fresco for bringing those tunes and our early beats. And in episode 36 today, we have a really unique situation where we're bringing in a guest where I don't know very well, but I happened to meet this very energetic man at a city council meeting on Monday night, and he fit right into the formula and conversation that we've been discussing with Ventura Forward. And I wanted to bring him into studio today. But the conversation will be a little bit different because Spencer is learning myself about more of his guest. I'm going to introduce him right now as somebody who is passionate, experienced, bringing the homeless advocacy conversation full circle of being able to give us open testimony about his experience, about being on the streets, having that experience going through some of the programs that have been involved in Ventura County. He's a huge advocate in the city of Oxnard. We met on the streets of City Hall. Lang Martinez, how you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm blessed to be here, and uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Pull the microphone a little closer to you so you can get back and relax your Ventura forward in episode 36. Thank you for coming in because it's not always that I could just reach out to someone the first week out here and reach out to you, but you've been a total gentleman to me. We embraced about kind of our love and advocacy because people on this podcast know about my brother jared eugene norn who was a bipolar schizophrenic man started smoking hardcore drugs in the brancas and river bottoms in ventura setting him in on a course ultimately being murdered in las vegas about nine years ago and that's what shares are stoke and ventura forward is wanting to give real tangible solutions and answers and conversations to our community this community link always says right now over the last two, three, four years in the state of California and the county that homelessness and unhoused individuals is the most important topic. Would you agree with that? 
Oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's not just uh, the most important uh, subject or topic. It's uh, it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic that you know everybody says they wants to solve this crisis. And I was motivated really by your speech and your words that you were giving at city council because you were saying that a lot of the resources that are available right now aren't really tangible full circle services that get the average and individual that's out on the streets really back on their feet. Is that kind of correct in an understanding? Yeah, it's absolutely true. I was very blessed that uh, through my journey, I was uh, very fortunate to be able to write an article in Citizens Journal talking about it was uh, part of a Nobody Knows What's Me series, number two, and what I went through in my trials to get the help that I needed. My thing was a little bit different. I've had recovery three times, five years, so I knew a little bit what to do and what happened is I had to focus on getting out of what I was doing and what I needed to do and be accountable it's very interesting that you know the accountability side is something that I think we're all looking to achieve and getting there and you were passionate I mean Lang if you know Ventura for we go to city council meetings a lot right Spence Correct. You're there all the time. We're there all the time. And this gentleman stepped up and was getting after the pulpit with grace and with facts about Project Room Key, caring for people, giving those resources, talking about some laws, too. You talked about how the city of Ventura sometimes does homeless advocacy, uh, almost like a ceremony at Plaza Park where they say people's names. And you said, be careful about that. So it was those multiple layers, Lang, that you brought to me about your experience that was really kind of highlighting that I knew our listeners would be like, let's hear from this gentleman. So at that point now, we want to know what shares your stoke, right? What is that fire that's burning inside of you for the city of Ventura and Oxnard? And we can hear more about your personal story, which we all have. And I know that we talked about that. How There's a personal story for everybody. Yeah, sure. And we all want to tell our personal story. And uh, we're going to hear more about that right now. That's what gives you your, your wisest of words. But right now, what's burning inside your soul that gets you up every day to be fighting for? And what causes are those? Well, the first cause is that back in um, July, July 25th, 2018, I was in uh, pretty bad shape and I was down in downtown L.A. And I said, God, if you save my life, I'll give it all back to you. Um, basically, when I did that, it was, it was about making a deal with God because if I died like that on the streets, I figured I'd go to heaven. I was hoping I'd go to heaven, but I didn't want individuals to talk bad about me because I couldn't say nothing bad about you for talking bad about me. So I thought I made this promise and this deal with God, but it was God that made the deal with me. So I ended up in a program, and when I ended up back here in Oxnard, People saw me and they kept saying, how come you lame? Why are you lame? Why are you different? And what happened is I met with somebody and I was standing across the street from Plaza Park and I was with a pastor and he said, Lango, look. And I saw all those people in Plaza Park at that time and the pastor, Pastor Gill from uh, Dove Ministry said, Lango, that's your calling. And I said, no, not me. And then what happened from there is I ended up speaking in council and I started speaking about what's needed. Mm -hmm. You know, people said, how come you lame? Why are you lame? And I said, because I was caught up in my addiction, mental health, and I was spiritually bankrupt. Had you spoken publicly before? Well, in, yeah. Uh, in, in the government process before that time? No, I haven't, sir. You hadn't? And so speaking to you publicly, you said you felt that calling, and that's kind of what you're talking about, that, that passion, that stoking. Steve Dahl, our guest last week, referenced that. Spence, just get involved no matter what your passion is. Yeah, find one thing and move towards it. That's what we ask everybody, and Steve's a big part of that. Yeah, and no matter what time that energy comes to you, you can feel welcome to be there. 
And we encourage you sometimes to find that at the government process because everybody wants to be involved in America. Everybody wants to talk about change and be change. But how do you actually create that change? And you do you find now that you've kind of gotten more involved in the process of speaking publicly that you're being more successful? Well, so it's uh, be, being successful and making a difference. You and when it comes to the political or the government arena, is you you have to trudge. You have to continue and be persistent to try to make those changes so that people understand. You know, the, the biggest problem anywhere is um, the percentages of individuals like me that come out of homelessness or addiction and get their lives back on track. You don't have to be in the media, have a manager, you don't have to do this, just get your life back on track. And what does it take? The percentages are very low. So when, when politicians or people start talking about the housing first concept, well, they really don't know what they're talking about because housing first applies to people that aren't caught up like I was, and that's called, there's three different definitions. One's vagrancy, the other one's homeless, and then homelessness. So I was a vagrant. I was caught up vagrant, definition of vagrant, caught up in my addiction, me, 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 right? The criminal element, and I have a past. How do you identify the vagrant? The, vag the, the, the vagrants is somebody that's caught up in, in, in I call poor me syndrome. Somebody that, that thinks they're, um, um, they're entitled to, they're entitled to. Somebody that's out there, they're begging or they're stealing for their addiction. They're willing to go to any length to, to, to be a part and, and do something to get high. The high becomes their God. So they no longer believe in God. They believe in them getting that high. And I did it myself, and I would go to any length to, to fill up my, my, my pipe or get that pill or get that drink. Nobody else mattered. Thank you for sharing that definition because it gets used a lot in that vagrant, and we're identifying the different styles of people and human beings that are out on the streets and choose to be there. When you say vagrant again, do you think that that's a combination of having a criminal intent and be acting as being criminal and drug use? Or Look, can it be separate as well? So you could be doing drug use on the streets and not being a criminal. Is that a vagrant as well? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, a vagrancy is somebody that, that, that's caught up in addiction and also breaking the law. So if you're using drugs and you're, you're buying methamphetamine or, or you're buying fentanyl or, 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 or whatever and you're doing that, right, you're breaking the law, but the law has changed. And so, the law has changed, though. Do you absolutely. feel, though, as somebody who's formerly used methamphetamines and been in this lifestyle as a vagrant, do you believe that those should be uh, outlawed again, so the possession of methamphetamine should be outlawed and, and selling it? And Do you believe that it should be reversed and it should be outlawed again? Well, yeah, I, I think people should be accountable for, 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 for what they do. Absolutely, I was. I mean, we go back to my past. You know, I'm not proud of it. Uh, you know, I have four prison numbers. I've done 15 years in prison. You know, I've been from rags to riches three different times. I've been a millionaire. I own businesses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was a national sales trainer, had my own company getting the signature, and then relapsed after five years and lost it all. And then because the crack or the, the addiction was more important to me, I ended up getting caught in, in criminal activity. You know, there's some things I did, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm not proud of. Thank you for sharing that, Lane. That means a lot into the definition, I mean, not the definition, the depth of your experience that you're sharing here with our followers of Ventura Forward means a lot for you to come to our platform and share that to the city of Ventura because everyone here listening to this platform loves Ventura. And we right. have an open heart and we have, I think, a common bond a lot that we come, it's like that one tough love approach. Right. Me and Spence talk about it a lot. We've bonded, I think, in the last few years, not only because our names are missing just one letter, sure. and we have fun together, but we genuinely... Yours has one letter too many. <laughs> That's the correct way to put it. He's always correcting me. Yours has way too many letters. <laughs> and... 
But we find ourselves loving people, the strangers that we come across, wanting to help everybody, Spence. But then again, we know nothing's free and that if you get something free, it normally doesn't turn you into something better, like the classic example of giving a fish opposed to teaching to fish. Yeah, my, I told you my T-shirt that I had before, and I, I remember Peter Brown, he used to be, a, did you ever know Peter Brown? He was a, a big homeless, he, he did a lot, a lot of work that in the lot, area. Yeah. That was yeah. a long time ago, yeah, it was quite a bit. Thousand Oaks. Yeah, I yeah exactly, yeah, I yeah, that was him. him, and he was a big advocate, Sure. and I, I created a shirt for a campaign we were doing, and it says, uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he eats for life. Give a man $5 to buy a fish and he'll drink like one. <laughs> the shirt got vetoed. But I would like really? to. Yeah, it got vetoed. Sure. And I love that shirt. Right. Uh, but very quick, Lane, you brought up a, a really interesting thing. I'm a reductionist, which means mm-hmm. I think everything started at a point, whether it's the universe, us, your addiction. Sure. It's weird to think, as you say, you, you were very successful. And when you were sitting there one night, maybe you were, you were at a big meeting with a lot of people, you were sure. making a ton of dough, and then you clicked over to maybe you had that extra drink, then you clicked over to maybe, to me, it's when you finally end up at the absolute bottom for yourself, sure. and you think, how in God's name, or without God's name, sure. did you go, you know, that click, 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 because it's not like one day you were running the board meeting, and the next day you were in a dumpster sure. you know, doing drugs. That's where I think catching people as quickly as we can, because most of this did not happen overnight. You know, it's and what that journey to me is as interesting as the journey someone takes from school to being a doctor, because you think what were all the bad turns, the horrible decisions and choices that you made? I just think that documented. I, I would I would just like to see that trip. Well, you know, having sobriety three times five years and being part of uh, and a known person in a 12-step program, and uh, I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. So having five years three times, five years three times, you know, why, why, why the five years, Lang? And uh, was it something you didn't do? Was it the program that you didn't do? This yeah, which step did you miss? Well, no. Well, well, my answer is always the same, Tom. It's uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't handle the pain. So I had to find out what the pain was. So mm-hmm. a lot of people deal with pain like your brother probably did. You know, there's the trauma. There's the mental illness and stuff like that. We do not call the term it was addiction, mental illness, co-occurring disorder. And when so, people like me say suck it up, that's not appropriate training or therapy. Because a lot of people like me who have never been in that situation sure. say, come on, get a hold of yourself. Right. Well, well, there is a time to suck it up when you start when you stop saying that that I need to do something about it instead of making other people victims of me being the victim. So my story is this: like many, is uh, I, I was fortunate because George and he let me write an article that went to L.A. And it was called "The Truth Nobody Knows About My Sexual Abuse and Rape." I'm a survivor of sexual abuse and rape, and I'm also an advocate. I'm also under the umbrella of Children of Night. I'm also I'm also work with the NASCA. I work with NASCA, you know in regards to child abuse and sex abuse and stuff like that and rape. So back in, when I was 17 years old, it was a regressed memory, is I, well, I was sexually abused and I was raped. So back in the day, if being, me being caught up in my addiction to methamphetamine, and if you've read the story, but in the Fillmore Gazette, and you go back to it, well, I was connected in a big place at a long time ago, the Odyssey. The Odyssey was known by Eddie Nash. So if I sat there and told you I knew Eddie Nash and, you know, what do you know about the Wonderland murders? And I was to tell you that my psychosis, you said, okay, good one, Lang, I like that one. So I go all the way back to the 1980s to a place called The Odyssey with Eddie Nash. 
And this in Odyssey is in Los Angeles? Yeah, the Odyssey was a club owned by a known gangster. It was Eddie Nash. Okay. And he it was up on the hill with the view. No, that's the restaurant. The Odyssey was the club. It was the club for all ages. And the Odyssey, oh, okay. Eddie Nash was connected to the Wonderland murders, you know, the four on the floor. Sure. Right, right. So that's on my website. It talks about it. So I actually hmm. sold drugs for Eddie and his club at a place where they were actually sex trafficking. So they were two completely different businesses? No, well, no. The Odyssey on the... Yeah, that's two different... That was okay, a restaurant. Okay. Eddie mm-hmm. Nash had a, had a club for all ages, and he owned some other things. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy that brought in cocaine. So Let was me. that your... That was your point of pain that well, no, you my, had well, to my, visit? My point of pain, my point of pain was is that I was 17, had a messed up childhood, mm-hmm. and I met this gentleman, and I wanted to sell cocaine to the stars. So I ended up leaving home, leaving school, and I went and sold drugs in this club, and eventually, eventually what happened to me, what was happening to other children, is I ended up getting sexually abused and I got raped by this man. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the pain. So I wanted to write that article, and, and so other people knew, because of my prison background and affiliations, that, that I wanted to be honest about it. Yes, I, I was sexually abused and, and raped, so I knew what the pain was. I, I knew what the pain now was. I was able to face it. Lane, you said you grew up there. Where, where, where were you born? I was born in, uh, actually in Inglewood, and I was raised in Westchester, went to Westchester High School. Okay, and so you were in the heart of L.A. right there in the six, mid-60s, right? That's no, no, I was born in the 60s. In the 80s, I was in the beach area. Okay. Westchester, played El Rey, you know, down to the beach, that stuff. In high school, you graduated from no, where? No, I, I didn't graduate, no. Okay. No, I went, I left 11th grade. I was racing BMX bikes. I left 11th grade to go work with a gentleman that that was involved in, as a dealer in, in cocaine to the to the who's who, so yes. cocaine seemed to be a, a drug that was kind of prevalent in your life in an early age. Well, yeah, when it started, yeah, in the eighties. I mean, there was that, you know, there was that song. I think it was by Sticks. Was it Snowblind? Yeah. Can't live without mm-hmm. you. I'm yeah. so snowblind. Yeah. So back then, it was about the Peruvian flake and about the cocaine. What was the first time you did coke? And I was seventeen. Seventeen. So you were still a little bit older the first time, in comparative to a sense, but still seventeen. Well, yeah. I mean, the cocaine there was it was something else. I mean, everybody wanted the stars did it. It was the thing to do. And, and it was considered the safe drug back then. It really yeah. was. It oh, was. Yeah. Uh, there's no harm, no foul. Really. There's many people. That, if you go back to Aldous Huxley and Soma, mm-hmm. it was thought to be a drug that hey, it's a party drug. It's fun, and you're not going to get addicted. Everybody found out differently. Yeah. And then it went to the next level, where, you know, which was uh, freebasing. And I was done with the ether, and people would freebase, and stars would get together and pass around this pipe. It was it was a pretty it was a pretty bad era, and, and at that time, LAPD, the infrastructure was being torn down, you know, and you didn't know what what was going on really at that time. Lang Martinez in studio here today, episode number thirty six with Ventura Forward, sharing the lifestyle of Southern California from being from the top to the bottom, and sharing with Ventura Forward. Our listeners always go that. Lang, it's been good talking to you. Let's get into some of our sponsorships right now. Um, we have some great sponsors that go through here every week. We ask these fun questions that our listeners are always waiting for. Um, let's start with the Ventura Real Estate Company. They like to talk about cool people. If there was three of the coolest people in the city of Ventura, to you, who would they be? Oh, it'd be uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Castillo, Exit Realty. It, it would be a gentleman that sponsors me, Ruben Chavez. Mm-hmm. And the other person that was uh, my mentor was, uh, she sat on the chair of homelessness, was uh, Peggy Ayala Rivera. Mm. Right. She's like my mother. Peggy Ayala Rivera. Bing, First bing, one bing. that rolled out through oh that my quickly. Gosh, Lang, you, you win for being win able Lang. to identify. I mean, I mean, and I, that was good. That was strong. Our listeners are now just saying, let's give that example. Lorenzo Castillo, uh, what's, he, what's he doing again at his greatness? Uh, he's uh, he's uh, one of the, he's the owner of uh, Exit Realty. Okay. Yeah. 
And then Ruben Chavez, I know Ruben, he does great with uh, getting into transitional living facilities, correct? Yes, he does, yes. And he's still working in Ventura? Uh, he's moved to uh, he's moved to Texas. Oh, right. Okay. He's still uh, he's still my sponsor, and I work with uh, Lorenzo Castillo as well. well Absolutely. Thank, thank you, Ruben, for the great work you did. I know, like in the Ohio, Oxnard, Ventura area, and then Peggy Ayala. She's uh, she sat on the chair of uh, homelessness as a commissioner uh -huh. for 15 years. She recently retired. Right on. All right, let's get back to this. All right, moving down to one of our favorite places to get pizza. We love some pizza here on Ventura Forward. Lane, if you're going to have a pizza, what are your toppings? Oh, pepperoni, mushroom, sausage. Pepperoni, mushroom, and sausage. Well done or? Well done. How'd you know? I can look at you and tell that. <laughs> now, we know we're kind of curious over here. If it's okay, would you ever put pineapple on your pizza? Never. Never. No, pineapple doesn't belong on a pizza. I heard when I was getting to like them. <laughs> right, I know. I like pineapple here. on a pizza. That's the only thing. I love pineapple. All right. He's going to continue on through these questions. That's okay. very great of you. Some people see it as yeah. a crime. Pete's Breakfast House. You been to Pete's Breakfast House before? Yeah, I think I've been there one time. Really? Yeah. That's great. Hey, Spence, did you know that there was a special TV show that came and filmed last week at Pete's? It has three letters in it, and they all are the fourth letter of the alphabet. D, 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 triple D. Hmm. Guess who Diners, dives, and is that the one? Possibly. Okay. Maybe not, though. Guess who was interviewed, possibly? It could have been somebody who has too many letters in his name. We love Pete's Breakfast House. If you're having pancakes, Lang, uh -huh. what's your favorite pancake? Oh, they have to be banana nut. Banana nut. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Then I'd have, to, I'd have to reflect what we did in prison. I'd have to throw some peanut butter on there yeah. and some syrup on top. I don't do that no more. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like I don't eat top ramen. <laughs> no. I take care of that. Yeah, no worries. Spence does enough that for everybody. And you know what we don't? We get down to enough, too, is the Ventura Music Hall, a great new concert venue. Ventura Forward's always giving away the free tickets so people can go experience that, tag it on social media, share the great things about Ventura Music Hall. Have you been there before, Lane? No, I've never been there. You know where it's at, the old Ventura Bowling Center off on Thompson Road? Yes, yeah. And if you want to go, let me know. Okay. Anytime. On that note, when's the last time you've been to a live concert? You know what? Um, I, I, it, 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 it actually hasn't been since I left Las Vegas. I used to live in Vegas, and you'd be able to go to concerts all the time at the Sunset or, or the, the different hotels. Mm -hmm. How yeah. many years are we talking about? Months? We're talking about, uh, about 2007. Wow. 2007, Lang. That's interesting. I love it. Would you, go, would you entertain going to a concert now? Is it the environment? Or do you yeah, absolutely. It? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take you to a concert. Oh, thank you. Spence, are you going to come with us? Let's rock and roll. What are we going to see? Well, I have to look at the lineup for Ventura right. Music Hall. Pick one of those shows. So rolling in. Send a DM to Ventura Forward's Instagram and then pick up a ticket that we'll call. Sounds easy. Sounds like a planned stand. I like uh, this. Uh, thank you. All right, let me get here. Let's think now, too. Oh, we got the Mountain Doll. There's a mountain man in town. He wants to know if you could do any activity in the city of Ventura outside, what would it be? Outside? Outside, yes. You mean like some like somewhere like in L.A. County or somewhere? Uh, in the city of Ventura, we have like a lot of outdoor recreations. Right. Hikes, the beach, this or that. Yeah, well, I like the beach. I go down the harbor all the time and stuff like that. So you're going down to the harbor and taking a walk? Yeah. Is that in the harbor area around? Yeah, it's the in the harbor area. Yeah. Okay, so not on the sand. Yeah, I go out on the sand too. Oh. Yeah. So I ended up I ended up meeting somebody after a long time after my past thing that that's been special in my life and I like spending time down at the beach. Okay. And getting, you know, basically having a contact with, I call it God, my higher power. That's cool. And, and share that time with somebody special. 
when you're looking and going for your walks, are you still looking with your head up, looking to be social and meet people like you discussed? Are you looking more of kind of private time? Well, in fact, I mean, it's just fun, fun thing for people to you know relate to. For me, I try to get my like private. I went to the walk on the beach with the dogs. I'm kind of quiet or whatever. But you say talking about going to the harbor. Not that it really matters. Right. I'm just, I'm just yeah. BSing here, but you know, so you go to the harbor. Well, if I go down to the harbor, I usually try to spend the time with, with the individual that I'm with and not get caught up and be a notice of somebody ever getting caught up in conversations. So exercising at the harbor with people, taking someone with you, going for walks. Yes. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Good right. business stuff there. I like that one. Harbor. I haven't been to Brophy's lately. You been down there, Spence? Oh, it's been a long time. The last time was with Bruce. Bruce W. Yeah, I went there, and it's a great view, good food. It's a cool place. X50, X50, one of our high-level security detail people would like to know if you could improve one thing in the city of Ventura and we actually exclude homelessness on every episode what would it be what would you improve in the city of Ventura oh I'd get rid of the politicians that have their hands out any any, any names there or just I mean you can drop them if you want you don't have to you know know what uh, we're we're a name name podcast I really don't care yeah so so basically uh, recently you know speaking of city council there was a bunch of stuff going on with my, you know, my literary agent, Catherine Townsend, and some other people. And I know a lot of, a lot of people, we started something where I actually spoke to the city officials about a site they have. It's called Citizens for a Better Oxnard. And it has 12,000 people on it. So when you say City for a Better Oxnard, right, for Citizens for a Better Oxnard, you're talking about a site for citizens, right? You shouldn't be able to manipulate a site and get caught up in politics. So the individual got caught up. So I hit city, I hit city, I hit city council and I said, well, you know, we have an individual here that's talking about it, and I accuse you, of all of you, of giving something to him. And then what we did is we ended up doing something in regards to them accepting shirts, and we wanted to see their 700s, and I, start, I, started, some, I started some, definitely some stuff going on in the city right now, absolutely. And that's in the city of Oxnard where you find yourself in sharing most of your passion in Oxnard, and it kind of came over into... Ventura this week, which brought you in. So if you want to change that one thing, it's more accountability for the politicians on top. Well, no, I want I want people to tell the truth. The problem is, is that we have a situation and we have a crisis on, on our hands when it comes to the homeless population. And what's happened is we get the community, and you said, Tom, and you guys were talking about it, when they talk about housing first. Yes, perfect. Right. Get right back into the housing first. You just let me right back in. Like, right. Okay. Well, how, well, does, how does it not work? Because they all say housing. We've been talking about the La Quinta here, building it into a permanent housing solution. All of these leaders think they know, and I don't think they actually know what they're talking about. They're just pushing these words down. What, does housing first work, Lane? And what do you want our listeners to know? Well, I'm going to tell you about it. I'm, I'm going to go by a quote that's in one of the articles that I was blessed to be in with Citizens Journal. And it was a statement that was made by Emilio Ramirez, the housing director. And he said, he was talking about housing first. And he said, some of these people suffer from traumas, blah, blah, blah. And then, quote, unquote, he said, wouldn't these people rather be in their own place, sitting on their own couch and using? His name's Emilio Ramirez. He's the housing director in Oxnard. And that's on my article. That's quote, unquote. What kind of person makes that statement? Be on your own couch and using. Well, we go back to your own couch and using, as you know. And then we go to the advocacy that we did that made the front page of the star in regards to the Vagabond Hotel. Well, the Vagabond Hotel, when COVID came out, they wanted to pump people in. It was a money game. So what they did is, is the governor was going to give $11.1 million. We were going to purchase this thing, nonprofit, Mercy House, blah, blah, blah. And we were pumping people into it. 
we were pumping people into it that were caught up in addiction, and what happened is they ended up dying. So what happened is I got the phone call on that, and I started hitting all them stuff on social media about them dying. They were dying at the Vagabond. Oh, they were dying. Yeah, they were dying of overdoses. They, they didn't want to uncover. They even hired security to keep me off the property, and I was doing vi videos with West Coast. And then I put up a video. It was called Identification, the Definition of a Wet House. And then Tara Carruth, after I just got done doing an article trying to appease me, Tara Carruth from Continuum Care talked about a wet house. Can't you be in your own house having your own drink? Mm. Well, people that were dying, they were dying in the hotel. Then the statement that was made by the city manager, which his name's Alex Nguyen, he said, he said, what well, they've died anyways. And then what happened is one of the papers picked that up and it went haywire. They actually pulled that, they actually pulled that from their thing, Tri-County or whatever century, the guy that wrote that was Frost. They actually pulled that because it said, Lane Martinez has been bringing this up since then. So there was an accumulation of a lot of people dying behind closed doors. Mm. So when they've made the statement, would they have died anyways? Yes, but when you put somebody in a situation of giving them a free ride, and HUD, HUD pays about a buck, $110 for those, plus they were bringing meals, et cetera, and so forth. These people had things. People should have been offered services and been accountable for understanding the rules of certain things that you weren't supposed to do. So if you were doing those things and holding court behind the doors of where you're gonna die, well, you know what, you should have been kicked out. See, my so there was no accountability happening at the Vagabond? No, there wasn't, no, it was off the hook. I did a, I did a YouTube video about that, and then Tara Carruth, actually, she's no longer here today. Uh, I don't know where she went, but she, Continuum Care, she ended up going toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on social media, and she lost. So what happened is, is after that happened, they were bringing up COVID-19, Homeless people weren't dying. The first person to die of COVID was Peggy Larios, as you know. Peggy Larios died on December 23rd that year, and she caught it on the 17th. That was the first person for a whole year. The first person to die actually came out of that hotel, and she was actually a lady of service that ended up in that hotel. Mm. And she was positive on the 17th and died on the 23rd and ended up in a parking lot. Then what happened after, the, after, after that, Mercy House ended up owning it. And then the, uh, the, the manager made a comment that when Haywire said they would have died anyways, and it just went Haywire. No, they wouldn't have. Yeah, they would have died anyways. But what's happened is in any type of situation when something happens, what part do you play? So they were accountable. And we're talking about Vagabond and Oxnard? We're talking about the Vagabond and Oxnard, which is owned now by Mercy House. Do you know much about the Vagabond and Ventura? I was there, too. I was, I was at all the hotels in regards to the overdoses. And you see them yes, very sir. similar in the same type of... Oh, yeah, we'll take a, look at, take a look at the Vagabond, yeah. Yeah, the Ventura one is one of the, high, the number one conversations in our town right now that we've talked about now, too, Lang, about these vouchers are going to end for Project Room Key. You mentioned Project Room Key at Ventura City Council. <laughs> Did Project Room Key work? Was it successful? And, uh, you know, would you suggest that we move, carry it moving it forward in the, in the city and the county? No. How could it be successful? So what we did is we did a temporary fix that cost the taxpayers a lot of money. We put individuals that were in there. Yes. Not everybody should not be here. Some people should. Like I said, did I belong there in my addiction? Absolutely not. What percentage of people in this project do you think should actually be there? and Because we talk about the senior women that are in their yeah. cars and the people that need medical help. By your, they should be there. By your expertise and your, and, and sure. your experience, what percentage should have those benefits in the project room key. Well, if you take if you take the population if you take the population and let's say let's just use the word let's forget vagrancy, people caught up in being homeless. Yes. Wait, you got about twenty percent. See, they don't want to tell you. You got twenty percent that should be in those rooms. 
20%. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the other 80%, we proved it through the articles, is 80% of people are caught up in addiction or mental health issues. So you're very confident that four out of five people that we see on the streets are going to be either resisting services. Service resistance. Service resistance. Incapable, incapable services. Sure. Criminals that, you know, obviously don't deserve service. Caught up in a criminal element. Because, I mean, if you're a criminal, do you deserve services, do you think? I don't believe so. Spence, do you? No. Thank you. And our police department knows that. Do you work laying with the police department yes, and know. give this information about what the vagabond is creating? Well, because no, I gave that information to the president and, and I'm going in regards to law enforcement. I'm very much friends with, with a lot of people in law enforcement. I have people don't like Oxnard VP, our VP, are just... Uh, Oxnard, Oxnard Police Department. Because would you, would you also agree that I've heard testimony from the Ventura Police Department that the Project Room Key and the vagabond situations were actually creating a criminal element in Absolutely. our towns. Absolutely. And they, there's more calls going to the hotels that they won't tell you about. What they do is when there's an overdose or there's an emergency situation, right, what they're doing is they're deciphering whether it's, a, it's actually an emergency situation. So if somebody's actually overdosing, they're not actually calling the law. What they're doing is they're calling the medical because mm -hmm. they don't want to report that's an overdose, which an overdose is criminal. If you look at, if you look at the laws, overdosing is actually criminal. Mm. Not no longer. No, absolutely not. Episode 36, Lane Martinez is bringing the expertise about what's currently happening on the streets, in the, in the programs. Ventura Forward, we really work hard. Lane, thank you so much for bringing the information here today because we've been talking about that. And how do we kind of create some of these new things moving forward? Because everyone's going to be saying to themselves, well, if you're sitting here saying, Spence, and Ventura Ford that these things aren't going to work and the things that we're trying aren't going to work and you don't want to do like Quinta now and now Lang let's get over here to the last part of this full services that we have in Ventura it's that 55 bed shelter we talk about over off Knoll Drive Ventura yes sir Mercy House Mercy House what is your experience with that 55 beds how hard and easy is it to get into and do you know the capacity on the average evening well you know what um, yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, here we go I have no respect for Mercy House. I have no respect for uh, the people that put Mercy House into that contract. Mercy House is an undetermined contract, which it shouldn't be. Mercy House also is signed into a 99-year contract in regards to that $40 million uh, shiny new penny they're going to build in downtown Oxnard. They're building it right now. G okay, and that, and that stay right there because we're going to continue that conversation. You're getting diabolical really fast, which I love. Do you have a name of another service providing company other than Mercy House that you would suggest? Absolutely. Hope of, the how, how, Hope of the Valley, Ken Craft. Ken Craft is an individual that was out here, and Hope of the Valley is one of the most successful organizations there is. In fact, uh, Emilio, uh, in fact, Lorenzo Castillo has a place. It's called uh, Cypress Camp, and he has beds available. So what happened is, is I was the first individual. When I say this, by the grace of God, go I, so I've been very blessed. So when I say that, I was. Ken Kraft, I actually contacted Ken Kraft because I was in a newspaper called Keys to Recovery, and Marcus and Jeannie were friends with him, so I went out there during the homeless crisis. I actually bought, brought Ken Kraft out here to meet Lorenzo Castillo about doing something out here at his location. And what happened is the powers to be didn't like that. Mercy House is locked in. So our officials here in Ventura, Oxnard, such as Miller Ramirez and Alex Newen have a, have a connection with Mercy House going all the way back to Riverside. For how many years? Oh, they, 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 they were, well, Alex, Alex came out here in 2018 in September, and then Emilio was right behind him in uh, Birds of a Feather. So before they came out, there was actually an article, and I spoke at that at uh, Public Comments, there was an article called 30 Miles of Corruption.
Mm. So there was an article, in, and it talked about homelessness, how they left. And basically in that article, what it said was when they left uh, Emilio, that the homeless situation was worse. So Emilio and Alex here, our city manager and our housing director here, the situation in Oxnard, it's worse. Mm. So when I spoke at council, I said, I, I don't believe in, I don't believe, you know, this isn't a consequence. This isn't, th look at what's happening. Let's look at the paragraphs of that article, and we have the same situation here. Why, why would anybody in their right mind, when you take a downtown Oxnard, right, and why would you want to build a shelter right next to the library where children go? Oxnard also has, and I was part of, was Ordinance 2966, which criminalized there were certain gray areas, and I was part of that in Ormond, and Tim Flynn signed that. I wasn't aware of that it was signed, but there was a removal of Ormond, and then keep them out of the gray area of downtown Oxnard, you know, our parks and recreation, you know, parks. And sure. The kids, you know, people come, you know, and play in the park. So what they did is, is they, they at the Robo Bank, they're building this shelter right next to the library. Mm. It's going to be five stories high. So I was talking to counsel. He said, well, it's real simple. The field of dreams. Like, what are you talking about? Well, if you build it, they will come. So if you're criminalizing homelessness in Oxnard and you're giving them tickets, you know, about illegal camping, but you want to build something in the street by, well, if you do that, if you build it, they're going to come. So, so now we got this ordinance 2966, which doesn't make no sense. It's the same thing with the shelter on K Street you know about. So we got Mercy House. We contracted for 110 beds. They haven't been in full capacity. We're paying $3 million to babysit, to babysit, but it's only at 80 beds. But they, well, we were paying for 110, so the contract's been changed. So it's at 70% of 110, so they're at 80 capacity. Five go to the police. But if you go down K Street, well, you got the shelter there. It's proof if you build it, they'll come. Because if you go down K Street... You see all the homeless, they're on K Street. They're at the Vons, they're in the back, they're at the church. They're, they're, they're everywhere on K right. Street. You, so, get, you get attracted to that area, and then you realize that you don't want to, to get, do what it takes to get those services, or you get serviced out, and you just end up living around that area. Yeah, well, what's happened is there, there's basically no services when it comes to Mercy House. Mercy House, Mercy House is basically somebody that tries to connect something, so it's what we call a low barrier. Yeah. Low barrier means, you know, you, know, you can get to go out there, you get to go hit your pipe, you get to do what you want to do, and then you get to come back in as long as you're back by curfew, and as long as you don't bring anything to the facility. These people have a dog walk. They have a dog walk, they get three hot meals a day, and they wash their clothes for them. I wish I had it so good. Very it's ridiculous. Three million dollars. Thank you for sharing those facts and what's going on because we were just making stories about the La Quinta right down here, how we have our Mercy House 55 beds off Knoll Drive, no. which the county is always trying to use, given these successful stories. What percentage do you think of people that come through these places are coming through successful stories? Well, you know, I'm glad you, you see them in the newspaper, but what percentage are those successful stories? And well, I, God bless everybody who gets okay. to be successful. Well, I, I tell you what, if, if you look up Ventura County and look up the media out here and find a, find a successful person that come out of homelessness, that has my story or even close or even doing well, you're not going to find one. You'll find stories about this person got out of an apartment and, and it was a gift from God and Mary's doing good now. Okay, so if we, have, if we have one of the best success stories in our studio right now, which I believe it is and I, and I respect you for saying that and taking that ownership. I'm, I'm only successful because I surrendered to God. I didn't want to live like this no more. And that's what I, I really appreciate about you is that you've come to how you got to this spot and now you want to share that and encourage others to find their own road. We talked about that and we're going to ask a two-part question here, but stay right there to where what percentage do you believe people are going to get those services and get off on there and, and get off on their own like you've done to be successful? 10%? 50%? You know, um, you know let's use it. Uh, 100%? You know what? If you if you, if you give your hundred percent, if you give hundred percent of yourself and you surrender to God, 
and you do as much work as you did and caught up in your addiction that you put into yourself in regards to your coverage 100 percent now now that's your that that's how the formula to get there but what do you think the raw facts are at right now using mercy house using venturi county services right you use those services right lane yeah i did and, and you be and you, and you became successful well no i, I mean I, off of addiction well, yeah, I used those services when I came out of L.A. I couldn't find a program here. Yeah. And, and, I, and I actually was fortunate to write an article about what I went through the trials and tribulations. So how many people currently do you believe are using those services, can use those services and be successful? Do they all have a chance? Because everybody has a chance. There's hope for everyone. Yes. So right now there's enough services to offer everybody out there that need help, you believe? No. 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 How many, do we need more services? No. Well, let me just, I mean, I, if I could just say this. So, Please. So let me ask you something. So my, my being caught up, I got, I'll talk about my story because I can't talk about somebody else, right? So my head's a bad neighborhood. I don't go in it alone, right? Okay. So as, as, far, as, 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 far, as, as, as far as the services, so in order for this thing to start thinking right, right, I, I need to, it needs to be reprogrammed, okay? So if I was to go, if I was on the streets or renting a room or somewhere and I'm getting these services, right, Slim, the odds are very slim and none. But if you were to take an individual like I did, I've been in programs, I worked in recovery. Well, on the 25th of 2018, I put myself in a program. I realized this wasn't working, so I put myself in a program called Acton. I was in LA County and I put myself in a drug and rehab center and I put myself in there for 60 days. So I could learn how to start living life on life's terms and then by get, clearing the mind and having that time spent, I knew what I needed to do to get my life back on track. So what I'm hearing right now, Lang and Spence, we've heard this a lot before in addiction when it comes down to that no matter what part of the journey you're on, is it takes the individual to make a conscious awareness decision that I'm no longer going to live like this. Absolutely. And it's not the services. So in essence, the services provided, from what you're saying, and I'm understanding. I utilize services. Yes. Is that 0% of the services actually fix people because it has to be the individual. The indi well, the individual has to want it, and then the services play definitely a part of it. They do for me. And medication, too, because where we tell my brother's story about getting in that conscious area, you have to be forced to be on medication. Do you believe that the state and the county and the federal and the Fed should start funding through insurances, new solutions to basically say people have to be mandated to be on medication? Well, I think that, I think there should be there accountability if somebody's out there homeless committing crimes. There should be stuff mandated for that individual to get help. So let me tell you how that works. If you have a second, I think you'd like to hear it. So let's say, for instance, I have mental health issues. So I'm co-occurring disorder. I suffer from PTSD. You know, I've been, I've been molested. You know, I've been to prison. Okay. And I have a drug problem. We all know that major. So co-occurring. So I tried numerous times to get into Hillmont, and I was able to write that. Well, it doesn't work like that. So if I'm in Hillmont and I have this problem, but I'm drug-induced, Hillmont's not gonna keep me, but I say, whoa, 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 I, I got, yeah, I'm on meth, but, but I got these mental problems, I, I, I need help. So this is the problem, okay? So for me in my situation, and just like your brothers, I can say, okay, first of all, I'd have to stay in a facility, this is what you just, let's just say a facility, let's use Hillmont. I'd have to stay in Hillmont for at least 10 days to get the drugs out of my system. Now I gotta have some clarity, some, some clarity in my mind. Then I sit down with you, and you're the psychiatrist. Now you're able to assess the situation, say, well, geez, like, you got this drug program, we got you cleaned up now, and we're gonna try, try, because it's not exact science, we're gonna try this medication. Now we have 10 days, 10 days in Hillmont, let's just say Hillmont. Now what we do is we have a situation where the, the medication's given to me. Now we have to get Lang to a therapeutic level to see if it works. 
The same with your brother. We don't know it's hit or miss. Right. So what's my diagnosis? I still might be on the meds, so I might be psychosis. I'm seeing things. Ah, you know what I mean? So so we depends on the medication. And you're out in public now, of course, too. As well, yeah, I'm 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 in I'm in Hillmont. I'm in Hillmont. So now what's taken is I got ten days of detox to get the system out, out of me. I got you in front of me, the doctor. We're gonna put me on some medication because of the mental illness. So we gotta try these things so I'm dealing with cochrane, but we have to get me at a therapeutic level to see how it works. So we're looking at somebody actually getting the help they need and spending time, at least 30 days, to get them in there so we can evaluate them and help them. And you need 30 days and it's currently at what? Is that 72 hours? Or well, yeah, they do a 72 hours, but they barely do it. What I mean, I wrote that story, Ventura County. So you're thinking great. 30 days would be the minimum that people need in, in, in that to recover from that? I, I think the minimum that people need is anywhere between, anywhere between say, uh, up to 90 days, absolutely. 90 the days. The majority. That's one solution right there, an idea that Lang Martinez is bringing to Ventura forward. I told Lang before this podcast started that I know that our time of our 30 to 45 minutes on our weekly podcast isn't going to be able to contain that. So all of this information that we know and we're bringing from Lang and his experience is going to be in that Ventura forward quiver. You know, we're going to put these arrows and experience as we do with all of our guests and be able to access this. Is that correct, Lang? You can be an advocate with us to continue to help us give us some of this information. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, yeah, I'd love being here, and it was an honor. And, and you, you can also read the articles, and it talks about about the experience, about homelessness, addiction, and what it takes about recovery. Absolutely. I look forward to that. You know, meeting you Monday night late. I'm not even kidding you. I think I had about six hours of sleep. You know, my kid's birthday. It's been a busy week. You turned it over for me. You came in here and gave us 45 minutes of some of this really good testimony that is bringing what it is to life. And that's what Ventura Forward's about. It's not about us saying it's this or it's that or we want this or we want that. We all have our opinion, but Spence, it's our job to tell the story. Yes, it is. We want to get the word out with people in the community who have lived it. Have you enjoyed today's podcast? Yes, very good. Very informative. Thank you for doing that today. And we want to thank our listeners for always tuning in for all of our great stuff. Keep sharing, liking, talking to the world, and check out those daily videos that we're seeing on. We've been talking about the fairgrounds, the marijuana dispensaries. It's been a really great conversations. We're getting close to a couple thousand views per video. So keep the momentum going. Everyone's watching and listening to us. Ventura Ford is you, me, Spence. Lang, everybody who wants to contribute to bring that transparency of truth and honesty to ultimately be what's for the betterment of our community. It's safety for the women and children and investing in our future. Let's share the stoke. Lang, before you leave, is there one more thing you want to say? Yeah, it was an honor being here. You know, uh, over four years ago, uh, people wouldn't have a, a conversation with me. And, you know, I have always said that uh, re respect is something that's earned, it's not given. And there's also another saying that... Uh, while I was judging myself by my intentions, the world will judge me by my actions. And, and I try to change my actions, you know, from my intentions to be of action, to be the better person. So to be able to sit with you two today, is, it gives me goosebumps and it's an honor. I mean, it's, uh, I'm overwhelmed to finally meet Tom and you. You know, Tom Spence is the absolute man. You know, that comment right there is really heartfelt and warm and received by me and by Tom. I'll speak for him, you know, being my friend. You know, that means a lot to you to share your experiences because we are men of action and we take that very prideful. Tom has been doing it for decades on this radio. I'm newer putting myself out here, but our team and our hard work to bring that conversation means a lot to us and our listeners. We're moving it forward. 36, bringing the goods. Spence, you ready for next time? Ready to go. Thank all right. Lang. Have a great weekend, everybody. Get that Christmas cheer on. Happy Hanukkah. All the good stuff. Let's go.